Welcome to the Twinkle Talks EYFS podcast. Working in the early years is busy, funny, messy and exhausting. Join me, Shana, and the rest of the Twinkle EYFS team as we talk honestly about our experiences as practitioners, teachers and professional nappy changers. Whether you're listening to increase your CPD hours or catching up on our antics whilst driving home from work, Twinkle EYFS will share everything you need to know about all things early years. Hello, super listeners. It's so great to have you back for another episode of Twinkle Talks EYFS. And we have got a really lovely episode lined up for you today with the wonderful Marina Robb from the Outdoor Teacher UK. And she's a trained forest school teacher as well. So lots and lots of information to give you about nature-based learning. But before we get into that, here's our lovely segment of Praise a Practitioner to celebrate all the work you do. First off, we'd love to celebrate James Sarah because they feel like an intense language intervention is actually making a difference. Well done to all of your amazing hard work and they do a special shout out to the Nelly crew. Well done everyone. We'd also like to celebrate Courtney Baxter and they say it's actually been a really fab week for them. Their key child is making progress in their setting and making more attempts to communicate. They've also had lots of positive feedback from parents about the bond they've developed and they got their best uni mark back to date. They also went to see their favorite musical today, which was Les Mis, and they won 25 pound on a scratch card tonight. Yeah, that definitely sounds like a fab week. Well done, Courtney Baxter. And finally, we'd love to celebrate Amy Louise because a parent of a child in their class told them how she wishes her child didn't have to leave because he's had a wonderful bond with them and she doesn't know how she'll hold it together on Leavers Day. Oh, that just shows what an amazing impact you've had. Well done, Amy. That's it for this week's Praise a Practitioner segment. If you'd like to celebrate someone, please let us know. thank you so much for coming to join me today I'm so excited for this episode I've been waiting for this for such a long time and we've been following you for ages on the outdoor teacher and all the amazing forest school things you do so we are absolutely honored to have you come onto our podcast and talk about uh, the importance and the fun side of outdoor learning which is great Uh, before we start would you mind introducing yourself and for those of us who don't know don't think it's going to be a lot of people um what do you do and how did you get involved um in your in in the work you do right now gosh well first of all thank you for inviting me um well how did i get involved in the work i mean from an educational point of view um i was a primary school teacher in my 20s. and But before that, I did a PGCE. I, I did um, environmental management in the late Ooh. 80s. So I guess the truth is I've always been interested in things to do with the outdoors and the environment. Not, not I would say not growing up with that. I definitely didn't have parents that were into nature or 
taught me any anything particularly about nature but um I did do environmental management and it was a time when actually the world was beginning to think about it believe it or not with the first first like earth summit and climate change um then primary school yeah really enjoyed teaching and being with groups of children but I guess there was always a part of me that wanted a little bit more freedom in what I was doing but but yeah but but wanted to say working with children so from that age and that time onwards I was fortunate enough to travel to Canada and learn to do more wilderness-based training and nature connection work and and basically brought that back to create Circle of Life Rediscovery as a community interest company which offers lots of funded work which we'll perhaps talk about um, and and also the outdoor teacher more recently offering more online online work you know um, to, and trainings to get to get people outdoors because that's actually what I think is hugely beneficial yeah I totally agree and I think it's starting to I say starting to catch up but Mm. a lot I think especially because of COVID a lot of um, maybe settings and practitioners and even families are kind of not remembering but you know really understanding how important the outdoor spaces especially when you don't have it because you know when we were it was in covid we were all locked away we were allowed that one that one walk a day and that was just like the pinnacle of the day wasn't it during the pandemic and i think that's really kind of changed people's perspectives which is which is wonderful um in a in a strange way and and on the other side like you just said you've got situations where children are going home and not going out until monday morning right so yeah. it's like the other end, isn't it? And I think, and I'm really, yeah. I think it's really important that that we we know that as well. So we've got the, you know, we've got people accessing it, going out, even that one hour that was so precious. And then on the other side, you know, even outside of COVID, we've got a lot of young people not doing that. A lot of people not doing that. So, yes, it's very exciting. Yeah, it's good. I like it. Yeah, me too. But um, it's it's going in a good direction. I do think that, and that's why I just yeah, I that's why I wanted you on because I was like, the things you do are amazing, and the fact that in terms of your training and the things that you set up, I think it's really accessible for everybody. You don't need a lot of resources. You don't need a lot of money. Um, you don't even need your own garden space. And that's obviously an issue for quite a lot of families, quite a lot of settings. Yeah. Um, but you can still access outdoor learning, nature-based play, nature-based learning. And and that's really important for children cognitively, as well as, you know, mental health-wise. So I kind of wanted to start, um, for our listeners perhaps who don't know, what is forest school learning or nature-based or outdoor learning? So, um well, I think, you know, outdoor learning is, is a broad term, isn't it? Learning outdoors. So, you know, we, we, if we had that as like the umbrella, it could be any learning that we may say happens in an outdoor space. And that outdoor space, like you said, it could be a tiny weeny garden corner or a little bit of a park or a canal or or perhaps even the walk to school to kind of a woodland. So outdoor learning is a big thing for a school as an approach is very much associated to regularly going outdoors, really understanding risky play, it being something that children can access 
on a regular basis and it's also linked to usually forest school training that is you know a, a qualification in in following these principles and we, we could look at that in more detail but I recommend going to like the Forest School Association to look at that and then nature-based learning for me is another one of those broad terms where we're we're going into nature you know outside again and um, I quite like that because I like well it reminds us that it's about this relationship with nature and that nature could be a piece of grass again it could be a wild thing and actually that we're nature mm. and people say that a lot you know you gotta remember that we're nature and it all sounds a bit abstract or a bit like what do you mean but I think that you know when we when we actually touch ourselves we remember we're this two-legged thing that walks around that has a lot of the features of all these animals and of course that's why it ends up being quite beneficial because because we are quite we're an animal yeah you know so those are the sort of uh, differences um and of course you've got forest kindergarten in there as well you know and, and what what that might be and, and and a lot of it is around how often people uh spend in nature you know whether they're having a morning in nature every week or a whole day in nature and um and then this play-based approach whether it's choice based which a lot of the early years is actually yeah. which is why it's so well suited to those early years yeah I was did an episode a couple of episodes ago about you know different types of approaches and child-led it, it does really fit really well into that doesn't it because it's not dictating to the children you should do this outside it's a what can you do outside yeah what can you do in nature and then they also have that um it's not the word autonomy is it it's um is it autonomy but it, it is actually. It's like they can choose what they're doing. They they have that agency. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is. And I guess that's the other key difference between what a lot of people associate with outdoor learning is that they is a, it's it's got an outcome. Yeah. So it's kind of saying, okay, we want them to learn about maths or about understanding the world or about expressive arts or about all those curriculum links which which we might talk about as well. But but that's sort of like saying we want them to do something rather than just allowing the children to naturally explore and be curious and then before you know it they're doing all those things anyway right I think the common misconception is isn't it that maybe a nature-based play or forest school or you know things like that are separate to the curriculum and you're like, well, you know, it's not maths. It's, you know, going out and playing in leaves. And it's actually not quite. When you get into it, there's actually links to the curriculum. So that was going to be my next question. You know, why, what links are there in terms of nature-based play and forest school to the early years curriculum? And, and why is that play-based, child-led nature learning so important for children to do that through the curriculum? Well, I would actually say what isn't linked what isn't linked to the curriculum I, I really would and I actually it would be a really interesting kind of challenge actually like say to say what isn't linked because every single experience and exploration in an outdoor setting can be what we would say backlinked to the curriculum so the child is as I said involved in exploring the setting and yes of course if the site is 
has very little loose parts or loose natural parts and there's going to be less to explore so perhaps there's going to be less natural links to be made but um but it's it's everywhere so if we have a pile of sticks I mean the first thing it feels like is just starting with the body you know at that age remembering god we're talking about you know two three four year olds five year olds and some of them can speak and be quite verbal but there's so much going on to understand the world isn't there through the senses through the touching um the seeing what happens if all those things are kind of making these ideas of maths real right so what happens like can we pick up three sticks it's rather than adding three things together that is abstract it's like well let's take three sticks let's give everybody three or four sticks and well let's see if we can make a space or a shape that we could all get into or something yeah and then from there we've suddenly got a space or a circle or a triangle and and it's not like this is a maths lesson but we've suddenly kind of bringing in these ideas that they can see and touch and smell and I, and I, and I think that's really one of the core things of why this works so well is that it's it's experience it's right. physically based you're touching it you're you're moving it you're you know working with it and and then it kind of makes sense yeah that does that does that make sense so like maths you've got you know this the weight of something like how much does that weigh well you know carry it <laughs> yeah find out <laughs> find out you know and and then maybe we could put it into a weighing machine and go okay well if I collected three stones well what do I need to balance that and you know before you know it you've you've got loads of mathematical ideas and concepts that wouldn't really be understood on a piece of paper right in the same way as touching it you know I mean there's just so many things it's endless you could do a picture of a snake or something and then each child has to find four things for each section and you know and then you've got you know numbers and larger than and smaller than and all these things so that's just maths right yeah, exactly. That's just one of the seven areas. Just one. <laughs> just one, you know, just one of the seven areas. And yeah, talking about how we feel about things. And, you know, that's another whole area, isn't it? And, you know, understanding the world is, well, you're in the world when you're outside. So, yeah, you know, there's so much there as well. And of course, literacy is a, a, a big one as well. But talking about stuff is hard if you haven't experienced it. Yes, definitely. So going on a little walk, suddenly you're picking up all these things and saying words that might describe what it smells like or feels like or, or shapes. And then you've got all this language. I know, it's amazing. And it's like storytelling. Makes well. sense, right? <laughs> yeah, it totally makes sense. And I think another thing I've noticed is it also goes, I feel like sometimes maybe this is missed off, but the characteristics of effective learning. Yeah outdoor learning and nature-based play really supports those characteristics about perseverance, about resilience, about problem solving, reasoning, trying again, teamwork, all of that. And I think sometimes, you know, um, we can be so focused on the, the EYFS curriculum that actually in terms of our characteristics, uh, they often are kind of like a an afterthought of, oh, wait, yeah, what, what skills have they used to reach these objectives? Whereas in outdoor learning and nature play and forest school, they're so ingrained in in, time, in terms of the activities anyway that you can really see how they're developing those skills. You know, like if they're building a den, 
um, they're having to work with their groups to to collectively come for an idea about what it looks like or um, if there are sticks that just keep falling off and the wind blows it down and and all of this stuff that's so naturally ingrained in any way that it also covers that entire curriculum in a way as well yeah and, and I think directly does absolutely I think um well that's one of my favorite activities <laughs> you know just giving some rope and sometimes some paracord just slightly thicker string and you know, off they go. And, and all that communication between children and collaboration and, like you say, f- problem solving, figuring it out, um, yeah. evaluating, estimating, you know, all these words, again, quite mathematical language, but they're, they are doing it. How much string do they need, you know, to do, to tie that piece of cloth or tarp to the tree? And, you know, what happens now they've got to undo it all, you know. That's yeah. Ages, you know. So how are they going to undo? You know, all these things that yeah, it it really is there. It's there, and it's simple, as you said, and it's not um, expensive materials because we're not talking about big equipment. We're talking about you know perhaps some magnifying glasses, some a couple of cheap builders tops, you know, some rope, yeah, uh, sticks, stones, leaves all the colours putting the sets of leaves in a row from smaller oh, to bigger. That is honestly one of my favourite things. You know when like you start in September, well, uh, for term time schools when they start in September. It's autumn, yeah. And you just look at the changing of the leaves and you go out and you've got like a little nature list and yeah. you collect all of the different kinds of leaves and then the kids are like, it's a rainbow and they make loads of pictures yes. with all the fallen leaves and the different colours and it's just divine. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, and that, exactly, you, you know exactly what I'm talking about and... And that's not even starting to talk about the importance of the outdoors for regulation and mental health right. and well-being, and which is clearly a massive uh, issue and topic uh, for all of us, for our own well-being as staff as well as for children, and and how moving and being in the body and you know is so necessary actually, you know for attuning to ourselves you know to be to fight to figure out what we need so that we can um, feel better and the science around play the importance of you know digging and moving and how that is that's another it's so therapeutic it's it's good for for moving the um, energy if you like the nervous energy around the body there's so there's so many benefits and and you know and 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 really as i said it should be accessible for all children really important yeah you know when i think of a child that's like going home as i said and and not going out at all um you know they're missing out on a lot of these things yeah yeah and i think also that's why it makes it so accessible because you know we'll take maths as an example again because maths has a wide range of different kinds of resources in school that we use to teach loads of different kind of methods you know but parents and families and carers are not going to have that in homes they're not going to be able to access the same resources and so they might find it trickier parents might not have a lot of money so they might not have the same amount of books at home to read with their child as others do or as the school does Um, technology they might not have the technology to support their child but everybody can access nature and it doesn't mean that you know um, you have to have a garden a lot of us don't but you know that like you say walking to school there'll be so many things that they can collect along the way that they can observe along the way that 
it's just accessible for everybody. And I think that's really important, especially nowadays with our cost of living crisis and all sorts of terrible things that are happening, like you say, that affect our mental health. Mm. A really great way and accessible way to look after ourselves luckily I don't want to say luckily but just amazingly all around us for free yeah and I think as well you know the bigger things you were talking about because I was using things like torp and tires and big giant wooden plate you know all of that kind of stuff a lot of it I found as well you can actually go to building sites um and just say look have you got any of this spare you're not using it anymore could we and they're more than happy to help and be like oh yeah we don't need this I don't know, wooden scaffolding anymore. You can take it. And, you know, all of this stuff that you can actually work with others to to get as well, which is quite nice. Yeah. And, and like you say, with parent parent assemblies or a letter home and, you know, could people bring in shells if they've got shells? Yeah. Or like you say, larger pieces of wood that they might be able to put on tyres to make a kind of obstacle course. Yeah. Or, you know, and then you don't need that many skills to start lifting that little bit off the ground, actually. You know, a few good knots help you lift things a little bit off the ground so it becomes a little bit more risky for the children that want that little more, you know, little edge. So it doesn't it doesn't need to be uh, difficult. But, you know, like you, like you said, you've got to figure out can, is, where is the park? You know, mm. where is the place nearby? And I think a lot of places in, in England there is, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, and I, and I, but it might feel like a bit of an effort to begin with. I mean, I, I was in a school last week and it was like, oh, God, okay, we're going to go outside. And there's this kind of like, we get the comfort of being indoors and, you know, it's warm and that feeling. And yet we're quite stressed indoors, you know. Yeah, it's and then, weird. And then it was like, once I got everybody out, and I did say, you know, after a couple of hours, I said, how, how, how do you feel? And they all felt just so much better. And it is that kind of thing. We, we all do it, don't we? We don't, we can't, we're kind of like, oh, no. <laughs> and then we go and do it and we feel a lot better. So I think we're not that different from the children. No, it's like going to the gym, isn't it? It's like, you know, when you get there, you're going to feel great after doing it. But it's just, it's just getting there, Marina. I just don't want to. <laughs> It's getting out the door. It's just getting out the door. And I think it's the same thing. And I think, so there is this kind of like, you need a bit of momentum, a little yeah. bit of effort in the beginning. It does take some effort, you know. Um, and you need, of course, we, we were saying about confidence, you know, a little bit of confidence to see that you can keep the group safe outdoors. A lot a lot of practitioners worry about that as well. And I, and I think there's, you know, really useful and valuable boundaries that you can set up really simply with children you know either perhaps putting a little bit of ribbon or we like to use bandanas because we use them a lot on sticks and you know creating a space where the children know they have to stay within and you know you you need to think about that when you're outdoors because it can feel like there are no walls yeah young children are really capable of, of learning those routines um of which there are many ways of doing it little games that gives you the confidence to go on a little walk, you know, out and have that as a kind of space to to play and to learn, you know. Yeah. And it's funny because you're going back to the whole confidence thing again. Again, it links in with with kind of your um, self-worth, your mental well-being and things like that. It always comes back to, to that. And I think personally from my experience, especially because of the pandemic, um, 
I've grown up on, you know, council estates. I haven't really had uh, much, you know, uh, space or gardens or thing like that. But I always loved going outside. I love being in nature and things like that. And then I moved recently after COVID and I finally had a garden um, and it's got a giant planting space. My dream, Marina, my dream is to be a farmer live off the land you know grow my own food sew my own clothes like all of that country girl stuff um and just the the difference I've seen in my own mental health like I I've got this saying that I I can't remember where I heard it from but it's always stuck with me and I've used it ever since but to plant a seed is to hope for the future Mm, I love that isn't it gorgeous I just think it really encompasses that feeling for us as well it's you know especially for the children we can teach them how to you know go looking for worms and looking after them and creating a wormery or um, making a, um, a den for a hedgehog or planting seeds and watching them grow and nourish them and it just gives you that hope doesn't it for the for the next day it's and it makes me want to get up in the morning Marina I can't tell you how excited I am to wake up in the morning and go and water my plants it's ridiculous but it is <laughs> yeah. the best thing and like at the moment I've got a big like nine foot blackberry bush and it's in its second year so it's just starting to fruit and watching them change color I've never known happiness like it and I know I sound really silly but it's the joy of nature it's the joy of like you say it's almost like maybe that's where the word grounding came from it's grounding yourself with everything around you and and helping you realize how you fit in that world and I think for children that's really important because you know especially in terms of those theories of you know the egocentric child etc etc they don't know where they fit in the world yet Mm -hmm. or perhaps maybe in their home circumstances they 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 don't have that awareness or um, they don't have that opportunity to but having that time outdoors and seeing the effect you have on the environment and then the effect it has on you I just I just think it's such a magical experience for anyone and like you say the staff absolutely benefit from it too I just think you've described it just really um you know like truthfully about simple satisfaction yeah and simple things that that actually give life it's it's joy there's little joys and I think you know you know we live in a world that is often saying if you have this if you succeed in this and and, you know then that's what's going to make you happy but at the same time therefore the opposite is true if you don't have it and you don't succeed you know meet these criteria which those little people are going into you know into a world that is quite like that then you feel like you haven't succeeded but what you've just said and I agree with you but having not been into nature very much when I was younger that now if I notice the simple things if I can see that lovely orange flower or smell the rose or whatever it it makes a difference it makes a difference and and I think we underestimate and I like what you said as well it, it makes you feel good but there's also something coming from the outside you know it's not just inside it's outside inside and that's what we end up realizing about everything about growing up is that when you're little you're 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 looking well all the time we're looking outside for what we could call cues from adults or older people that we're okay and it's the same I think nature in its biggest sense like the trees and the plants and it's also giving us some feedback yeah and 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 it, and it is power it is very powerful but I think we've we've taken that relationship for granted in a way absolutely yeah and I love what you said about hope as well because you're right in the seed is great hope how is how is it possible that in the seed you get 
these crazy flowers or these crazy plants in this tiny seed. So that shows potential is everywhere, doesn't it? And even though we're living in a time where, you know, there's a lot of worries, people are worried about the future of lots of things, but we, we, of course we need hope. And of course we don't know the future. You know, we may imagine sad and worrying things, but sitting right next door is possibility, you know? And and I think knowing that and, and having children see change by like you say, pouring water. I mean, a lot of, uh, even old, I mean, I work across the ages and, you know, some powerful life-changing moments for teenagers or younger adults who have been through a difficult time, just being outdoors and seeing that it does change. Things change. They don't say the same and that you can participate in that change. You actually have agency, like you said. There is power no matter what your background is has been how difficult it may have been you do have some agency for the future and that is really something to know about it is i think like you're so right i just keep thinking as well like the- these children that we're supporting they are the future they are the future they are and it's so exciting like <laughs> it, for me i'm just like you know think of the things that they can do and i think nature-based learning and forest schools and all of that I mean, we're in a climate crisis as well. I mean, there's, I'll lose, I'm losing count of how many crises we're in, Marina. But <laughs> like the climate crisis, it can be changed through our, ch- I mean, obviously doing things now, if we make these steps now, of course, but also if we have that from the beginning with our children in our schools, look, this is why it's so important to look after environment. This is how you look after it. This is how you can make positive change. And this is why look at, and they see firsthand that impact, you know, they've cleaned up an old, yeah, they've participated. Yeah. And then they think, hang on a minute. I can, I can do something. We can do something. It's just, it's such a powerful image for them, isn't it? Because like you say, reading about it or hearing about it is very different, but actually participating and being part of that is so important. And I think it's kind of like the practical skills of what they learn, isn't it? It's kind of like, right, here are our curriculums, here are our subjects, right, forest school, nature-based learning, go and do it. And I think, like you say, that's really important, um, not only for children's kind of learning, but just life, that's what happens. Well, you, like you said, it being finally, like finding out that you're, it's not just your carers or your mum and dad that are part of something that is good for you it's it's the the world is also there you know it's bigger than you and that's you know you can call it more academic words like your eco identity is growing (laughs) you know but really it's just getting it's figuring out that that you matter somewhere you have a part to play and you know that, that you 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 matter but it's interesting like we're here because of the plants that we eat, you know, right. and the, the, the animals that we eat, you know, and they're also here because we've, you know, helped create spaces to that they can live in. Do you know? So I, I think there's something that is very natural about that. And I, I, I think, to be honest, I think the early years, they get it. Yeah. You actually look at their stage of development there. They see everything as alive. And then we get older and we kind of forget that, that they're constantly in this world of yeah, imagination. Yeah. Right. That the stick, how many things, the stick is the favorite toy, right? Still oh, it the is. favorite toy. So that stick is everything. It, it's from, it's the unicorn to the, back structure to the house to the table to I don't know the spoon whatever it is and and that's the amazing thing about how we have these minds that can put anything onto the outside world we can create those role plays those ways you know everything is so alive at that age and we really want to encourage that 
because that creativity which is really just not being so habitual, isn't it? It's about thinking slightly out of the box is what we need. We need that as yeah. adults. We need to see beyond what we think we are, you know, and or who we've been defined as. Right. You know, you are this, you are that. It's like, hang on a second. You know, actually, I, I, I'm, I'm growing. I, I'm a, evolving. Yeah. I mean, it is a kind of evolving, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we, you know, so creativity is really important. Then you get onto the, the more serious, like work life. That's what they're saying. You know, they want creative people. They want problem solvers. They want people who can be in teams, who can hang out, who can communicate. That's what we need. So it starts right back at the beginning about trusting those children to follow their bodies, to, to be curious and have adults that go, oh that's amazing or you know feeling an uh, feeling a raindrop um or splashing in the puddle or you know I wonder why that puddle is like that how come it's staying like that and it goes on through 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 life wondering I mean I don't know I I, I know less as I get older I'm sure about less <laughs> yeah I know what you mean I know what you mean you can't, so you kind of start to think, oh, hang on, what if or how? Yeah. Or, and to have, if we, like, if we have that right at the beginning, like you say, children are really good at that, aren't they? They're amazing at asking questions, especially in early years. Love it. So that is just the prime time. And I think what you said about, you know, how it reflects life and, you know, work when they grow older is really important because, I mean, we have the four seasons, right? So we're always going to have change. So that means we need to be adaptable and being outdoors and, and having to do, having to manage that is also of course a really important mental health skill and life skill mm. but we're going to need it in work you know things need to change in certain areas like with the, you know climate change etc cetera, etc cetera. we're going to have to teach our young people how to adapt how to look at things differently absolutely how to experience things in different ways and i think forest school is really a really good way of doing that because one of the things i found is um i'll tell you the truth i hate winter i hate it <laughs> I hate being cold don't like it. It's horrendous. I Once I get cold, that's it. I'm freezing. It takes me hours to warm up again. And I just can't. I'd much rather be 30 degrees every single day. The heat, I can do it. I feel like I'm one of those Mediterranean lavenders. Like I'm ready. Like it's fine. But the winter is really challenging. And I know when I had um, an outdoor area, that was really challenging. And I always used to feel so defeated, like, oh, I'm not skilled enough for this. I don't really know how to do it. Um, but then I got my planters in the garden. And actually, not that I really enjoy it, but I value it now because that's when all the work goes in. So that's when I, you know, say if I am doing like planting and growing, it's when I clean up the planters. It's when I treat the soil and, and uproot it and make sure that, you know, it's ready. Or with my strawberry plants, I put little um, fleeces over them so they're all nice and cozy so they, you know, survive and things like that and you you get to kind of understand don't you that every every stage is important you know there you know it's kind of philosophical like you're going to have ups and downs in life things are going to change but you can see the value in them just like how I'm not the biggest fan of winter but I understand how important it is and that if I get the work done then then my summer the the harvest is going to be so worth it. And I'll tell you right now, Marina, it is. The amount of fruit and veg I've got is ridiculous. <laughs> I could open up my own farm shop. But, you know, in terms of, like, philosophy, it also kind of teaches them that in terms of emotional resilience. Def definitely. And and the winter, you know, is is also about rest. Mm. You know, and, 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 you know, so it is about work in, in the right kind of work, the work that decomposes, that needs to prepare the soil, you know. And then we can look at that in 
in our lives. And again, we, we are being a bit philosophical, but but you don't start like that. You start by just enjoying and putting your hands in the mud and like you say, doing what you're doing. But But somewhere along the line, you make that connection, which is what you're doing, saying, actually, you know, wow, by doing that, then that can happen later. Uh, or, as I said, rest. You know, we need to look, we need to all look and figure out the, the moments we need to rest. Yeah. And, you know, in a very, very fast moving life, we need to rest. It's like there's something wrong with resting. It's like there's nothing wrong with resting. Every night, we need a night time. We need a winter time. We need times where we need to rest. And when we rest, we wake up like a little spring chicken and off we go again. Do you know what I'm saying? But we can't buzz up and go and do that if we haven't rested. What do they say about everything? It's like you've got to try and get a good night's sleep. You know, it's kind of not rocket. It's not rocket science. But when we're thinking about well-being and educating children, we need to consider the movement, absolutely active, being in the body, all that muscle development, um, the motor skills, everything, the core strength that helps us sit up, helps us to hold a pen, you know, helps us to, yeah, do everything, you know, and in the future, you know, not have diabetes, have healthy hearts, be well, you know, so we need to think about that. But we also need the times of wandering aimlessly, you know, and just being and, and, you know, hanging out and that what this is about really and then that's I suppose the nature-based programs ideally reflect that so really lots of action vitality perhaps in the springiness of the day and then allowing for that that wandering and you know exploration but I do want to return back to I love that word participation it's kind of my word of the month because there's something around we need a system, an education system where, where we can really feel we're participating in mm. and that we're not, I guess, worried about having to always have the answers and be in control and listening to children, what they enjoy and kind of a bit more alongside as we talk about, you know, like working, playing alongside, letting them teach us how to play. Right. And then some children won't, won't know how to play, you know, because they haven't, right? Or they're challenging home lives one reason or another and they need us to help them do that yeah so but this participation I think is really important across early years but you know into adulthood I could just talk about this for hours Marina I love it I hope the background of all the building work is not getting in the way but hopefully it's fine no I'm sure it'll be fine so we've talked so much about you know kind of the the bigger picture of why it's necessary and exciting and important work but what kind of I know this is probably really hard to pick but what kind of um activities have always really stuck out for you or favorites that you know always go down really well or is there a specific activity that you've always remembered for a specific reason (laughs) um I mean you said right at the beginning about you know building homes and shelters and you know little shelters for whatever little beings might live there i think i think making homes is is like one of those very significant play themes that come up everywhere and i and i i love that so if that was going to be my top thing i would go like yes let's come and hang out and make homes together and do that but then when you said it just then what came to me is that kind of cooking (laughs) you know like well yeah because i like i like eating and when you get outside you get very hungry Yep. And, you know, that idea of mixing things together and 
perhaps yeah if you get a chance to have a fire or a little gas cooker thing that you can take outside if you don't can't do fires um you know that idea of mixing and eating and hanging out together and yeah i just think that is so lovely and and, and it's it's that community feeling mm. that we we can struggle to have you know so i like i think yeah i think i would go for that i'd say like like we were making um flapjacks last week and we just mixed all up the the oats and the sugar and the nuts and whatever we did and then we put them into leaves which was a really part you know fiddly fine motor put them into leaves and then we put them on a grill on the fire and then we unwrap them like little presents these tiny little flapjacks you know and I just think that was amazing and it, and it was we thought about the trees we gathered it from the trees we kind of said thank you to the trees we, we knew that we had to be careful what leaves we had the shapes of the leaves and then you know stitching them together with twigs and and then eating what a, what a yummy thing and then like you know we gave some to the robin that always visits and you know he that it, it, that kind of thing feels really nice i think i have to agree with you everybody feels like nourished yeah and the thing is as well, I think one of the things I've definitely learned from growing my own food is it tastes so much better than it does in the shops. <laughs> it's so yummy. And then it's just that extra feeling, isn't it? That, oh, I grew this, like, this is great. And yeah. I think one of my favourite memories is pretty similar, you know, building hedgehog dens and uh, make, you know, like making natural bird feeders. Yes, I do, yeah. Peanut butter and all the seeds and things like that. Um, and then putting them outside and waiting. The excitement when a child maybe... Um, either we put a camera there or we go back and check and the food's gone or yes. there's parts missing from the bird feeder and they go oh they've eaten it they've eaten it and it's just oh it's such a magical feeling because they want to keep going and doing it again and that that interaction they have between animals and you know like you say in rural um in urban environments they might not you know see squirrels or you know things like that there's just tarm- it's tarmac city um but to have that relationship uh, with animals and to feel like they're caring for them and they get so excited when they see the impact that they've made it's just oh just warms your heart and and it, and it makes me think about the connection between the outdoors and the indoors as well like you can you could easily kind of do a little trail of well well okay where did we get the oats from where did they come from mm. you know and you could do little pictures maybe link with string back inside like where it came from and maybe you know there could be a visit to to the tree where the hazelnuts might come from I don't know but you know it's like making these links um we're not living in a disconnected world actually we're living in a I love this world word entangled world we're entirely entangled together and we don't really realize it and a lot I remember when I was training to be a teacher a lot of the children were they didn't know where like you know milk and eggs came from they thought they came from the supermarket which is right okay that's where they came from but you know the idea that it comes from an animal and yeah you know it sounds maybe it sounds simple but I just I don't I don't think it is that simple like you say making a bird feeder and suddenly there's this living little thing that's wild I mean a, a bird is wild you know yeah coming in daring to come in and and then we will we'll make lots of little games around that so everyone's a bird and all got to come in and pretend to be birds and you kind of so there's a lot of training obviously that you could do to extend what we've been talking about and you don't even need the training as I hope we've said 
you know, in the sense of enjoying and spending time outdoors. But there's so many ways of building that yeah. fun and activities and awareness of what's around us. And it is, it's forever, really. That's the other thing. These these experiences create memories, you know, right. positive memories. And yeah, we need that too. Right. You know, we need to have these memories. We need to to have that as we as we grow up. Yeah. See, this is the thing, because I was thinking, like, we've talked about kind of the impact of, of, of doing it. And, and obviously, mm. there are many, many reasons and, and ways that it can support us. But what about what about the other way? Do you think if we if we don't do things like this, if we don't understand or explore the importance of nature based learning and just even, you know, even for ourselves, what what kind of things do you think we're losing or have already lost that we haven't even realized? Well, we're losing those little moments of joy that you've been describing so beautifully, you know, we're losing the simple satisfaction of life and actually the empowering of that, you know, that we can do this ourselves. We don't need all this stuff, Mm. you know, so I think we're, I mean, that's like that. I think we're losing, um, well, we could be losing our health, you know, paying it forward that we don't even know now, you know, we, we could, there's a whole bunch of physical, well, there's tons of research that shows that, for example, the impact on our eyesight, mm, yes. you know, just by not going outside because, you know, screens right here. Yeah. I'm not anti-screens, you know, we're on a screen, you know, I think there's, you know, we can master technology and be the masters of, should I say? Yeah, great. But the problem is it's hard to do that because it's so light and pinging at us all the time yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So we, so I think this physicality is really important. What we're what what we lose as our our fitness, <laughs> you know, and and we need that. Yeah, we need that. We want to get older and walk around and you know breathe well. Um, and I think yeah, we lose community as well. We lose kind of actually hanging out, going through all those real emotions, not so good and good, and coming through them, you know, and knowing that that's okay isn't it to I just think of all those I suppose that village life that we've taken for granted there's a lot to be lost there you know the kind of as I say sitting around and being part of also like silence you know I often think for me sometimes I need to feel I can be quiet in company yes and we can't do that online no you're so right you know and I and I and I need to be able to be quiet and when I can be quiet with a friend or a partner or something I really value that or you know and I, and I think sometimes I think there's a lot I think there's loads of things and I and I think when you talk about climate as I said I was 19 when I first got involved in sort of climate stuff and, and rather than being not hoped for I think by doing this kind of thing we have the chance of really enjoying the process of change mm. rather than um, seeing it as like oh no we're not going to be able to do this I don't think that's true. I think we just, we need to all feel that it's something that is um, valuable. And then we're valuable too, right? In that. Right. I was just going to go on to that. Like, do you feel like, I don't know, for me, it's like we're losing our sense of self, you know? Like in terms of social media and technology and like, again, it can be an incredible tool. I think it's, you know, I work, it's my job. I can't knock it. It's my job. You know, it's great. It's incredible. But used in the wrong way, if you get caught up in, I always have to be careful, you know, um, posting, I don't know, a classroom, uh, like an area I've set up. And making sure it's, I don't know, Instagram perfect, but then, oh no, likes, you know, you don't, you get caught up in the likes or, you know, Mm. things like that. And you just, 
and we can't ignore that our children, I know even our young children are on iPads, they're playing games, you know, they're on YouTube mm. and they, they mm. are already um, exposed to that kind of harm in a way, kind of quite, you know, can be um, used wrong, quite, quite dangerous for our mental health. And I just feel like perhaps we're losing our sense of self in doing that. What do you think? Um, I do agree. I mean, I think the word sense of self, like liking ourselves mm. with knowing that we're not perfect right at all being I mean genuinely just like you like when you water that plant and you think oh you know ah oh. to have that for yourself that doesn't rely on someone liking you or you succeeding as I said those external cues those external things I think is really at the heart of it. And I think that, we, we, you know, so that self, we give ourself away when we really, I think when we all listen, we probably figure out quite soon that what makes us happy are usually those quite simple things. Um, so I do think we, we can give ourselves away, that self away to things that are quite superficial. And, and I understand the impulse to do that. Because if we're around everybody that's doing that, you know, and the media's doing that and the world's doing that, then it's, it's hard to remember that actually just being who we are is is enough, you know. And and don't and then when you know when someone shares, I don't know, they've been really scared about that or they were upset that really found that really hurt me. You feel ah, oh, you go nearer to them. You don't go further away. Yeah. You know, or, or or when someone feels a little bit, you know, unhappy with the way they look, you relate to that. You know, like well, I do. I'm not saying you, but you know, we we relate. To oh that. no, I do. Yeah, you do. You know, we we do. And so I feel putting ourselves out there that is someone that doesn't have that. It actually doesn't bring us connection. Hmm. It's the, it's the illusion of connection, isn't it? It's, it's the illusion. So I, so I think, yes, we do need to be careful and we need, all of us need people um, at any age to, to be able to mirror back to us that actually we are, doesn't matter, all that stuff, yeah, it's there, but at the heart of it, we're lovable and, and loved, hopefully. Yeah. And people don't talk enough about love. You know, it's like, oh, you know, love. I don't know, but I think we're in a generation now where we, we probably need to come back to figuring that out a little bit and feeling it. And, you know, it's like when you're with kids and you're hanging out, it's that it's that spark, isn't it? And you feel that little thing. And it's yeah. that is very powerful. And then they can be lawyers and whatever <laughs> they want to be. You know, I've mean, you know, just gone right out there. But, you know, that's, that's not the most important thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Before we get on to, because uh, we had quite a few people get in touch and ask some questions for you. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, before we get there, what what do you want our listeners to know about this kind of approach that we might not know already? Well, if people want to know more, if they really think this is something they want to explore more, then I really think, you know, look up Forest Kindergarten Local Nature Play. Uh, I do want people to know about that because it's a new training that's really simple for early years. It's three days. It's been handed down through uh, Scotland and a lot of work that's been done up there. And I, I want people to know about that because it's simple. It's this model that is really easy to use and applicable and I think it you know I want people to know how about more about it because then they can actually see the steps to regularly taking their groups 
outdoors. That's mainly what I want. And I want, and I want people to know that they don't have to know that participation is you can actually do it alongside your group of course you need to do be responsible for health and safety it goes without saying but most of us can do that actually you know <laughs> yeah i love it i love it you say you don't you, you don't really need a lot i started gardening without a clue what i was doing i didn't have a clue <laughs> but I, I tried you know yeah. uh, a year and a bit later i've got you know, not gonna. I know I keep going on about it. I'm such a gardening nerd, but you know, I've got some good crops. I, I'm rather <laughs> proud of myself. You know, yes. and it's that nice thing. Like you, you can start from any stage. It doesn't matter. Yes, any stage, and do it for as little or as long as you can, and follow those children. You know, it's like, what is it that they're seeking? How can you help them to to do that? Yeah, let them lead you a little bit. You know, and, and and I know that's too, you know, we do need to evidence, we do need to show what we're doing when we're in a in a in a nursery. But I think there's a lot of resources that that can show that it does tick those boxes. We've got to be a bit 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 bolder, you know, like going back to self-esteem. I think if we can esteem ourselves a little bit more, I think we'll find out that we we can do this. Yeah, you know, I love it. I love it. You don't get training to be a parent, right? Right. And then you are fully done. <laughs> know nothing. Yeah. You know, you don't know anything yeah. really. You know, some of people might have had to care for other children, but you know nothing. And, and here we are doing it. You know, always going to need. We could always do better, but it's enough, hopefully. And that's what children need. You know, that's what they say. They need. They need to know that they're they're okay you know adorable 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 so we have some uh questions from our listeners from our followers um a couple of weeks ago on social media i said hey marina's coming on grab her now get her expertise while you can and we had loads of questions which is really great so i've picked a few uh the first one is from andrea hilario and she asks how do we incorporate nature-based learning with little or no outdoor space Mm. well we've we've sort of touched that throughout the whole program I think in Mm. in, I mean the first thing is you need to try ideally for me locate where are these green spaces is it a 10 minute walk is it a 15 minute walk you know because the walk is as interesting and as exciting as getting there right so I do think this idea of you know these corridors yeah figuring out where they are is, is is important but if you've got nothing you know, like if you're in a flat, bring it in, baskets, baskets of leaves, baskets of stones, baskets of twigs, put a tarp down on the floor, you know, put a tarp down and and allow that messiness, you know, it's that messy play type thing, you know, clay, you know, sticking things in clay, building things. I think you have to look around like a lot, I, I think a lot of, you know, urban settings, sometimes you have these like, posts sunken into the ground you know you don't have trees Mm. they can easily be used to tie knots onto and tarps and things like that so I would be saying again that loose parts but really thinking about natural parts and then I guess you've got to think about storage as well you know so making it easier having a kind of shed I mean forget this idea that just men need sheds everybody needs (laughs) right I love my shed (laughs) yeah I love my shed um I'm in a shed 
Uh, yeah, right me now. too. Oh my God. I'm literally, this is my shed in the garden. Exactly. Shed <laughs> is the way forward. Everybody needs a shed. And that's so funny. <laughs> so get a shed and, you know, yes, they might cost a little bit, but they're not that much, you know. And again, is there a parent that has a bit of wood or whatever that could put together something, you know? So you have your little shelves with your baskets of stuff and bring it out. You know, I think it's about experimenting. And mm. yes, it might not, you might not be in this oh lovely outdoor nursery but it, that's not what children need they they need the relationship with you first of all yeah and then they a, a few loose parts and and see watch them watch them and watch yourself you know what would you do what do you do on the beach you know just put the stones make shapes pile them up you know make a long line maybe we walk and see how long a line how many steps will it take to get from one end to the other maybe make a little song about one two three stone I don't know <laughs> smile at me won't you <laughs> I don't know whatever <laughs> something like that yeah yeah that actually kind of ties on really nice with the next one because we had Lauren who asks how do we get maybe families on board who are worried about their children missing out on formal learning or getting messy yes well I think we you know I think the messy thing is fair enough if you've got very little resources and you know how are you going to clean your clothes and mm. all this and it's another stress isn't it for a family if they've got to deal with that um, situation so I think yeah we've got to listen to people's concerns it's that listening again, participation of parents. So let's let's find find out what the issues are. Is it that, or is it that they just have no no idea about all the range of values and positive outcomes of this kind of play, right? Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I think a lot of schools I've worked in, they might you know they have a change of clothes, plastic bag in it comes, change of clothes, kids change into their messy clothes chuck it in the plastic bag, go home, right? But if that's not the case, you know, yeah, you've got to try and, we've got to come together as a community and sort of raise uh, awareness of secondhand clothes and get, you know, hand-me-downs and do your best, you know. But I would say as well is that how many clothes do they need, you know? Probably most children are happy running around. (laughs) Naked? In (laughs) what they're wearing. Yeah, in what they're wearing. And, you know, if there's not health safety reason which there usually isn't mm. you know they can they can get a bit cold and get warm by playing and yeah but I think you gotta uh, and then I, I always recommend you know like some kind of parent morning or something where parents can come around and play and hang out and see the kind of things you're doing and then yeah a bit of reflection on well why is this connected to writing Playing with sticks again—that's that's all the skills for holding pencils, right? Yeah. Mark making, all that kind of stuff that people know about. So I think we need to educate and we need to be respectful of the concerns, um, listen to each other, and hopefully, in my experiences, that people get it, but they don't get it straight away. No. And like you say, if we're asking our children to learn by experiencing and to trust by experiencing, well, then so do our families. Like you say, invite them in, take them on a forest school activity, yeah. let, them, let them experience it for themselves. Yeah. And then be like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and then kind of draw out what some of those benefits were for the curriculum as well as for the well-being side. And sometimes we do like, you know, in the training, we'll have like these little laminated cards of some of the research. And, you know, mm. we just throw the cards out to people and they kind of have a chance to think about it. And it's like, God, I never realised that. And I didn't realise that. And you could do that with parents easily. Yeah. You know, just did you know, you know, or in a parent's letter, 
you know, send home, did you know? And, and I think that's that's where we start, isn't it? Absolutely. And also, you know, listening to this episode of the podcast, of course, you know. Of course, yes. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Checking out your websites, et cetera, et cetera, of course. Yeah. Yes. We'll yes. plug those at the end, by the way, don't yes. worry. Yes, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, our last question from our listeners. Um, how do we support children with additional needs um, to access nature-based learning? Well, for the last, you know, 15 years, I've been working with the Family Intensive Support Service, Learning Disability Service, outdoors. And what I would say is, it's meeting people at where they are. You have to understand the needs and then figure out what what would be possible. And again, if you're someone that's never seen or experienced being outdoors and seeing what's possible, then it's hard to imagine it. So, so in answer to that question, is people that have very limited seeing can soar, can 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 paint, can touch, can yeah. do all the things that I can do, but may need a little bit more, more support, right? A little bit more awareness on some of the risks involved. But but is absolutely participating of children that put things in their mouths a lot, and so we decided to make the paint out of yogurt. Oh yeah, and put in like you know blackberries and stuff like that so 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 that we weren't worried if that child was ending up putting things in the mouth we've used drills where you know they can hold one drill and we use the other hand to drill so yeah of course you're going to need um, more experience and um, ratios you know have a higher ratio but you would do that with any children that had right more needs as well I, I do feel like the imagination being able to realize that we you know often children will only meet what we think they're capable of rather than actually what they really are capable of um stuff that when we run you know days weeks whatever we do like forest school longer programs i honestly very rarely do anything different from one group to another i am responding to the groups absolutely but we're still bringing in the same kind of stuff just meeting it may be slower to do it it may need a few more staff, um, but generally people are still, you know, swinging, lying on the ground, still eating, playing with music, you know, in the woods. So so I would say it's it's really possible um, with all of it. Absolutely. I think that's one of the beauties of it, isn't it? It's because it's... Yes. I mean, the clue's in the name. It's natural. So it's naturally going to um, accommodate well all of us in any in in any capacity in any way because that's the <laughs> that's the nature of nature it's going to be accessible for all that's it you're absolutely right and actually working for years with occupational therapists that's why that I mean they they tend to work indoors right but now there's a new movement to work outdoors and what they're saying is you know their kind of skill set is grading activities right you know what what would an activity how would that meet uh, supporting a child that needs more help let's say um, learning to use their arms or something, right? And they grade activities, but what they're saying is that's exactly as you've just said, in the outdoors, every activity, every every natural um, resource can meet a child or a person where they're at because you can you can access it where you're at. Unlike, yeah. you know, a ladder, a fixed ladder is, well, then you have to have those skills. Whereas, you know, if you've got like a hill or whatever it is that they're trying to get up, it, it meets you. So I think that's it. I think that's why it's, again, a wonderful environment for that. Before we 
we finish, um, yes. what we do with all of our guests is we play um, a little fun game just to, you know, just to lighten the mood. We've had really cool discussions and now we're going to have a bit of fun as well at the end. Brilliant. Um, so it's called Would You Rather Teacher Edition. <laughs> there are some surprising, surprising results, I have to say. So we'll see. We'll see where your answers fit in. Are you ready? I, I think I'm ready. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so round one, would you rather tea or coffee? Coffee. Oh, that was quick. Yeah. That was very quick. Didn't even... Definitely more of a coffee drinker. Oh, iced coffee, warm coffee. Mm, what kind of coffee? Well, I've actually got into almond milk, which is like, what is that? I couldn't believe <laughs> I've actually said that. Because but I, 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 someone said, you know, milk, oh, try it. And actually, I can. That's, that's what I'm drinking at the moment. Oh, very healthy. Yeah, it's I a like bit that. posh, isn't it? A little bit, yeah. But, you know, I've tried it and I'm like, mm. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I know, but that's what I'm drinking, and it's working. There you go. Well, there I'm you go. drinking quite a lot of it, so there you go. <laughs> Must be good. Must be good. <laughs> Round two. Would you rather go to forest school in the rain or the snow? Oh, I'm going to say the snow. Just oh, are you? Definitely. I would have said rain. Oh, no, I would absolutely say snow. Can you imagine the crunchiness and the... The possibilities of the snow are oh, 100%. I go in the rain all the time, so I definitely choose the snow. Oh, okay, that's fair. But I have a big thing. I think I said it on one of the episodes, like, oh, but it gets all mucky and it's like sludge and it's just like bleh. Oh, well, you didn't say which kind of snow. <laughs> if you said sludgy wet, I might not have agreed. I had in my head it was really nice snow that you just crunch on. Yeah, it's 10 seconds of that and then... Oh, no. No, I was going for proper snow. That I haven't oh, okay. seen in many years. Yeah, no, it's proper snow. And and, and all, all the kind of, you know, like, oh, the tracks, everything you can do in the snow. Love it. That's a good point. I've even made snow houses in snow with kids. Oh, Like proper cute. put in ice ice cream boxes and you make bricks and, you know. Oh, crazy. wow. Yeah. That and all one, oh, there's so many. Come along. Snow. When it next snows. I'll I'll be watching from from the caravan with the hot chocolate. Like, oh, this yeah. is beautiful. It's like I can't. I'm just <laughs> I can't. I'm so cold. I hate it. Oh, rain. I love rain. I think it's the I love rain the, too. The ambiance. It's the sound. It's the yes. smell. It's oh, there's just something about being in a forest when it rains. The, just the whole sensory experience. It's true. I absolutely adore. And then also, it saves me a job because it's it's feeding my plants. That's it. So I don't have to go around with a watering can. You know. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> And last in our would you rather tea tradition, would you rather run out of wellies or overalls? I'm going to say overalls. Oh, why? I know. Yeah, I just think wet feet. Yes, there's nothing like it. No, I mean, I was I was a bit wet this weekend because I did go camping and, you know, my feet were wet and it was fine mm. for about an hour. But afterwards, I was like, mm. yeah. I, it would have been better off without the shoes. Yeah, I know what you mean. So I'm going. I'm going for wellies on a wet day. Clearly, I wouldn't choose. You know, I don't want to wear any of those things. Yeah, if, if I <laughs> yeah. need to. But yeah, I'd go with. I would keep the wellies. Get rid of the overalls. Yeah, I think I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, there's something about having wet feet, isn't there, that just ruins the mood. And then they get cold and... Ugh. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming and joining us today, Marina. I really enjoyed our chat. It's just, it's been so lovely and it's really exciting. And I'm hoping, and I'm 
pretty sure that it's going to inspire a lot of our listeners as well. Maybe it could be uh, practitioners in schools and nurseries, but also families and carers and other um, uh, people that work with children too. So um, where can we find you? Where can we contact you? Where can we go um, if we want to learn more? Um, Well, okay. Well, two places really is um, if you want to get hold of loads of great accessible resources that are online that you know because you're not nearby um then the outdoor teacher so www.theoutdoorteacher.com because i really we've spent a lot of time creating resources for all people so they can get out there and do it safely and well and have fun and then the other if you're low if you're more local we're in sussex i mean people do travel it's the it's circle of life rediscovery which is, uh, as I said, a community interest company. And really for this age, it's, it's, the, it's the forest kindergarten local nature play. And uh, yeah, with them, we, we get to meet in person. Oh, that would be so great. And what projects are coming up? What are, are on at the moment? Can people get involved now? Well, I think, I think, I mean, the next real forest kindergarten work is, is happening in October. So that gives people a bit of time. That's good, yeah. Um, in fact, we're, we're starting to slow down now um for the summer so I, I think autumn's really the next time i mean but of, unless you want to do all the online stuff and then it's all time yeah well this is it forever and ever <laughs> and i think as well um like i've joined a couple of your facebook lives and they're so good and i and you know I, you've got like archives and things and videos and things that you can do anyway but you're so right i think autumn is the best place because i think especially for me when i was in schools and nurseries the biggest thing for me was what do i do with the outside area in the autumn and then when winter comes so your your projects and that starting october is actually going to be really beneficial because i'm sure i'm not the only one who's been in that position and you're going to give some great ideas and advice and expertise on really good timing actually absolutely yeah it's all about all year everything all year and it never stops and I, and I know it's like oh cold in the winter but I can honestly say it's as beautiful and as it's satisfying and as engaging all year round it is <laughs> thank you so much Marina it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you and um, I look forward to seeing what more you do in the future brilliant thank you very much I appreciate this chat Well, there we go. Wasn't it such a lovely talk with Marina? She's so much fun to talk to and she really knows her stuff. And if it didn't already, I hope you are super inspired to get out there in nature with your children, with your class, with your settings and go and explore. And if you can't do that, try and bring it in, like Marina said. Um, Go and follow her on social media. Honestly, she's so much fun. She's really great. And don't forget to like, favorite, subscribe, follow, you know what to do, you know the drill by now, and tell your friends about this episode and the podcast as a whole. And I can't wait to see you for another episode. Have a great day. So that's it from today's episode. Thanks so much for listening and I hope you really enjoyed it. If you would like to get involved or would like to know more, come and find us on our social media sites. We have a Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest and TikTok account. All of the details will be in the description. And whatever you're doing, I hope you have a great day today.